Welcome in everybody to another episode of Cuzzo and the Commish following week 10 of the NFL and Strathaven Fantasy Football League season. It's another very special episode for this week with no interview. Uh, but as always, I am Ryan Cuzzo Elias uh, joining me from Happy Valley, but coming back to Delco tonight, Brendan the Commish Richardi. What's up, Brendan? Yeah, when, you know, in lieu of an interview, we have a very special feature that I probably said in the group chat when I sent the episode out. But we have uh, a quick commish segment where I break down the top 10 games in Strathaven Fantasy League history, some all-time classics in there. And, you know, we will plan to do a live show for next one, but I figured that would be good, you know, because nobody that hasn't been on has deserved to be on. That's right. I mean, nobody that's deserved to be on has not been on. You're definitely right about that. Nobody that doesn't deserve to be on the show has been on the show so far. So uh, I kind of like the way that we're rolling here. It's a very exclusive club uh, to be invited on this show every year. I mean, everybody has been on at least once, but I mean, there's got to be a couple five timers now, right? Now that we're in year three. Yeah, especially once you talk about the postseason where, you know, guys are going on runs. I mean, Jason has been in the finals two years in a row, so that's he's probably had six just playoff episodes. Right. You're right about that. You know, I mean, we should we should probably get like a little gift uh, for the five timers, I think, coming up in the holiday season. But that's something we'll talk about off the show for you guys to find out potentially later. But it was a great week of Strathaven fantasy football. Uh, we got a lot of great scores to break down for you guys. As we start off always with our primetime weekly recap. We started off as always with our Butthole Country of the Week presented by the Delco Media Group. Now it's the Collegeville Cashflow Kings and Ari Feldman taking down the Swarthmore A Rocks and Justin Snyder 99.74 to 96.75. Uh, leading the way for the Cash Flow Kings in a great week for them. Great week getting the win, that is. Uh, not such a great week offensively, but leading the way. Scare, the real scary Terry McLaurin in the Washington uh, Washington Commanders. 22.3 points in their win over our Birds on Monday night. Uh, following him up, it was Dalton Schultz, the Dallas tight end, with 17.4 points in their loss to the Packers. Uh, really not much going for either team in this matchup. No, and, it, and it's interesting how it ended was because, you know, that Taylor Heineke kneel down because he's a bitch. And, you know, you look at the final score of this game, it's a 99.74 and 96.75. So in the scenario where penalty wasn't called, Jalen Hurts is getting the ball back down only three points, you know, from a fantasy perspective. So you got to think that he would – at the very least gotten close to doing it. So that's a gut-wrenching loss for Schneider, and he is officially eliminated from postseason contention. I have to say that that sounds pretty hear you say it. Especially with Euro punching this week. But, you know, it's, it's been a disappointing season all around for him. Uh, this happens. It, it sucks that he has such a great QB and RB1 combo and champion. Saquon Barkley, but there is nothing else on that. It's really shown this entire year. No, and as for Ari, you know, it, it wasn't pretty, but you got it done. It's, it's tough to win a game when you're based around Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and they get only 23 combined points. Not terrible, but, you know, that's just kind of how his team is built. But it's good from supporting cast like Dalton Schultz, and he's going to need either Heineke to continue to, to play better, like he's going to have to play better than that, or Kyler Murray come back healthy but regardless good win for Ari and uh that was a close one all right moving on to the butthole blowout of the week this one is presented by IBM Watson it was the bureau himself with a blowout victory in a Clancy Bolt 8 rematch over disconnect the shekels Jason Marmers you know there was not AJ Dillon or Aaron Jones in this one but there was a lot more from Kansas City Patrick Mahomes 31 points to lead the way, Stefan Diggs, 24.8. Wasn't as good as Justin Jefferson, but that doesn't matter in terms of fantasy football because 151 points, six wins in a row, number one team in the power rankings. Tell me how you're feeling right now. No, I feel pretty good, Kamesh. Um, just a really great offensive showing this week from the Bureau. 
what do I always say, like week in and week out? We want to get around that 130-point range. And every time I've scored at least like 125, 126 points and above, that's really like how you win games consistently in this league, especially in a league as deep as ours. Um, you know, it, it's kind of shifted a little bit the past few weeks. A, a couple of the top dogs have lost a couple games in a row, but that's just the way it is. I was really pleased to see how the team performed this week, uh, despite Juju. Very scary head knock that he took uh, uh, early on in that one against the Jets. And uh, Leonard Fournette without not having a great game actually throwing an interception uh, against the Buccaneers in Deutschland. But yeah, pretty pretty, uh, pretty great game from the Bureau this week. Um, awesome pickup of Komet. I almost went with Noah Fant. Thank God I didn't. Really happy with how yeah, you always say defense wins Clancy Bulls. Eric Hendrick recovered a touchdown that looked like it was going to give the Vikings the win in regulation. Obviously, it did not. But 22.75 from him, you got to be very happy with that. Super happy with that. I mean, and in the week where so I actually kept T.J. Watt on IR, but I could have activated him because they did activate. He was activated by the Steelers on Saturday. We had talked about it in last week's show um, you know, you and Jason both were asking me if I was going to play T.J. Watt if he was activated. I thought it would be a big gamble, and clearly it was. He, you know, he was he was giving the Saints some problems, but of course he only played about 10, 20% of the snaps, and he usually does. Uh, Eric Kendricks was the way to go, and it clearly paid off for me. Big win this week for the Bureau. We're looking to keep rolling this week against the Division I. Yeah, as for the shekels, not much going on outside of Devontae Adams and Tua Tugavailoa. They had 27 and 23, respectively. Disappointing seven, Alvin Kamara. Jerry Judy got hurt, so that was zero from him. Just a, a really, really rough go of it. But, hey, Deshaun Watson is ready. He's waiting in the wings to uh, really just, you know, get in there and see what he can do. Not the only thing he's known for lurking in the wings for. We're going to wrap that one up. Final score, the Bureau, 151.89. The Shekels, 97.75. The next matchup of Week 10, the Kamesh. The Wallingford Imperials getting back on track with a big win over the IRS, who continues their just absolute come-down, championship come-down season this year, uh, sitting at 3-7. and seven. Kamesh getting it done 118.48 to 95.63. Let's break it down. Justin Fields with a huge day. Uh, him and my guy Kamet with a big day hooking up in Chicago against the Lions. Justin Fields with 39.38 points in that in their loss to the Lions. Amazingly, um, Aaron Jones back six. Finally getting something out of your pack. Yeah, no, it, it feels very good to get back on the board here. Uh, I think I left a lot of points on the table. Want to give a quick shout out, Cooper Cup. You know, we we're we're hoping that he's doing well. I mean, you know, uh, ankle sprain is bad when it requires surgery. So, you know, we're looking forward to hopefully staying alive long enough to be able to get him back. We're hoping to get Hollywood back very soon as well. But I can't say enough about Justin Fields, what he's brought to this team in his first two games talk about getting a job and running with it that you know you get a chance and you score 42 you get another chance to get 39 like he is you know an elite fantasy quarterback now at least he's been playing like it and i think i've kind of started to realize which i'll talk about in the preview for the next game that aj Dillon should not be started every week and you know i know he's a good short yardage guy but he has not scored double digits since week one so I think, you know, we're just going to let Aaron Jones try and feast. Maximize the amount of points we can. We can't play it safe anymore. Unless it's snowing, Kamish. Is it going to be snowing? Because here's the thing. A.J. Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones are playing the Titans tonight, which is the same team as that snowy night in Lambeau. But if it's will not it be snowing, snowing tonight in Lambeau? I, I, that will, I, I'm going to look that up right now because that will honestly – I just, Alexa. Dude, I, I, I just Googled that. It's the weather and pretty bad. I just I just put in my map uh, or my my weather app. I put in Lambo. Mm, nope, there's a seventy percent chance at four o'clock, but it's not going to snow during the game. All right, we're going with Jalen Warren then. Some flurries. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's not it. I had to start not, AJ Dillon. Not enough. All right, we will we'll uh, 
We will move on to our next game on the list here. It was a big matchup. The State Penn Jailbirds took down the Zoidberg Zoo. You know, this one, in terms of point total, might have actually ended up closer than the game that we had as Butthole Cluncher. But with that being said, that one came down to the final drive in that Eagles game. You know, Holbert had already beat Carter, at least in the third quarter or, or something. He just didn't end up beating him by a lot more. But let's talk about what went right for Burt. Now, he's missing Joe Mixon because of a bye week. So the Josh Allen-Gabriel Davis stack really helped him out. They got him 43 out of his 107 points. And, man, it's hard to win a game this league with Kenny Gainwell and Daryl Henderson as your running backs. Yeah, that's that's really tough. But, I mean, credit to him. He got it done. Uh, the Zoybergs just had a ton of guys absolutely let them down this week. Just pedestrian efforts. Um, almost all the way around, you know, Devin White just amazing. As always, he does that a lot in his defensive player style, 24.75, but nothing else going. And it really was nothing going for both teams, but this one was a tight one. Uh, yeah, and, and it's, a, it's a weird game for the Zoo because, you know, they, they weren't exactly missing anybody except for Ramondre Stevenson. That's about it. So kind of an odd uh, letdown, but I think you can kind of just chuck down away. You're still leading division, as we'll get to. But good one for the Jailbirds. And, uh, and that just makes the stage for your game this week even bigger. Oh, yeah, this is definitely a big man. This is going to be for the division lead. All right, final score in this one. It was the Jailbirds taking down the Zoo 107 to 105.97, a thriller in some interconference play. All right, our next matchup of the week, Commission. The Demonators, what is going on in Dover, Delaware? Uh, the take it down the North Philly Neanderthals, who are on the schneid right now. 159.1 to 127.73 to score here. Uh, the Demonators, just, just getting it done. Gino Smith still ain't right back. Not even Germany, 19.2 points. C.D. Lamb with 38. Uh, Dalvin Cook with 25. Just a pretty great performance all around. I mean, amazing performance all around with, with 160 points. Uh, being scored and the Neanderthals, I mean, we talked them up so much, but what is really going on in that locker room, uh, losing all these games in a row? That team having the same record as my team is just so funny to me that, you know, we, we talk about, it's just, you know, it's just fantasy football. It's, that's just what it is. Like, it's a game that, you know, points four at the end of the day doesn't really matter. It's about winning every single matchup. And the Demonators came to play this week, man. His Dallas Cowboys got him 59 combined points. CD Lamb and Tony Pollard. Who knows what will happen when Zeke is healthy again, but he's going to ride that wave while he can. Dalvin Cook, 25. And Geno Smith, man, he is, I mean, at this point, what, what are we, over halfway in the season? And he's still the seventh-ranked quarterback, averaged 18.4 points per game. It's it's starting to I don't know man the Demonators got some weird team of, team of destiny like dark horse feel to them the casual lieutenant. I, I I just is there any and we can talk about this in in a moment when we do our standings check. There's really not an avenue for them. Actually, that's not true. There is an avenue. There's plenty of time left. Every there's team plenty of time left. Is alive. Every team in my conference is alive. And you're you know, let's, let's, like let's, over. let's flush this out a little bit more when we go over the standings. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll wrap up this one here just talking real quick about the Neanderthals. Not a single player scored 20 points. And you look back a couple weeks ago when they scored 228, they had a, pretty much everybody doing that. Lamar Jackson was on a bye week. Roquan was on a bye week. I, I get that. But, you know, A.J. Brown was a little banged up. Didn't really have much going for him. McCaffrey, 17. That's a, I mean, it's a decent day. 19. Like, this isn't, you know, 127. It's not a, a bad week whatsoever. No, 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 it's no. ran into a red hot Demonators team. That it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Final score there Demonators, 159. Alright, for our last matchup of this week, it was the Bison City Lake Effect, Jacob Knauer taking down the Blue Tigers with the most points scored in the league this week with 165.04. Not a bad week for Blue Tigers with 126.21. Yeah, that's kind of the year that it's it's been for them. So, um, start off talking about this Bison City team and it starts and ends with Justin Jefferson. What a bittersweet performance for, for 
Jefferson on Jacobs' team when he's going against the Bills, making that absurd catch. But he's scoring 36.8 fantasy points. So kind of an interesting dynamic there. Uh, definitely helped make up for David Montgomery getting five. But, man, Christian Kirk, he has been probably the most underrated fantasy receiver. I mean, he averages 16.3 game. He's seventh to position. He's had a couple duds. That's, that's probably why. But overall, man, his numbers line up. Josh Jacobs is back, and there's a reason I ranked this team number two in the power rankings. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that he really needed this win this week. Um, you know, after a couple of results in a row that he really didn't, you know, it definitely could have gone the other way for him. But then just a great, you know, way to show that your team is not above the hype, that it's not too small for the moment. Uh, that we're getting into as we get into the dog days of the fantasy football season and we head into the Strathaven Fantasy Football League playoffs. Uh, your guys need to be able to show that they can shine under the bright lights and the Lake Effect have shown that so far. Speaking of Lake Effect, uh, five to six feet of snow in Buffaloni this weekend, huh? Yeah, uh, according to Jacob in the chat, it's not supposed to snow during the game, which is a bit of a right. letdown. Right, right. But, right. yeah, still you get the point. Tailgates will be interesting. Yeah. But uh, talk to a little Blue Tigers real quick. Listen, their season is not over yet. It's not looking good, but it's not over yet. Getting Jonathan Taylor back to 24.3 is massive. He might be getting Keenan Allen back soon. Dak Prescott's healthy. Jamar Chase needs to come back for this team to have any prayer. But, like, dude, on paper, this team's really not terrible when, when everything comes together. But they might not have that in time. That's the problem. That, yeah, the problem is not in time, and, and so fortunate to only be two games back right now. So it is doable, but it would take a major uh, continuation of collapse from the Neanderthals here. Yeah, it, it would pretty much have to be, you know, it, it would have to be Chris just losing a bunch of high-scoring games and Owen just grinding them out. At the, yeah, grinding them out. Wow, I can't talk. Grinding them out, and uh, which is which is very possible, so... We will see, but the final score in that game there was a resounding 165.04 to 126.21. Now we got a big standings check here. We we foreshadowed it a little bit. We'll start off with the football conference, and quite frankly, I mean it's it's kind of over. Like I hate to say it, but in terms of just like pure reality, we'll start off with the love letters division where Chris sits at five and five, and the Anathals are in first place. The Blue Tigers are only two games back, three and seven, and the Rocks are two and eight. But man, this is just like this is sad. Like I, I also think something that you know, like Owen is technically two games back, but if you look at points for Chris has thirteen hundred sixty, Owen has a thousand and fifteen. So not only would he need to, he would basically, he needs to be three games better than Chris at the end of the year. They will play each other each other at one point. So uh, that's good to know. But, man, like, it's realistically Chris is going to play whoever is in second place in the NFC East with the Burrow, the Bureau at 8-2, and two, not the Burrow anymore. The Jailbirds are 7-3, and three, and the IRS is 3-7. Now, Drew's officially out. But this game this week, man, it is huge. It is huge because your points for uh, you're up by about, like, 70 or 80 right now, which is, with four games left, very, you know, surpassable. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely a huge matchup this week. Uh, always great to play to Burt. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely nervous. I'll be watching it closely. I think that we can beat them. I think that we've shown that we can beat them, but we all got to be on top of our game this week. Uh, it really sucks not having Fournette and having to potentially play. Um, fuck. Clyde. Well, either Clyde or Damian Harris, I'm not really probably going to end up going with Clyde. Uh, you know, a lot of people are telling me to cut him. I don't really see where else to go. It'll be a tough matchup for sure, but I think that we're up to the task. And, you know, you got to think that whoever wins this matchup probably wins the NFCs. So, well, either way, because uh, you have officially clinched a playoff spot, as technically the Jailbirds have not yet. Because Drew could go four and zero, and Holbert could go four and zero. That's the or zero and four. That's the only way. But you are officially in. So congratulations. 
Thank you. It it's, uh, feels good to be back here after going to the Ridley Bowl last year. Most uh, volatile team in the league. So. All right, so uh, we're going to move it right on over to the Kush Kush Conference, starting out with the big ACC. So Zoidberg Zoo sitting in first place at 6-4. and four. Uh, The Wallingford Imperials right on his tails at Five and five, that's the commission. And the Dover Demonators from out of nowhere, only two games back at four and six, still actually within reach to win this division. Is that not crazy, Kamesh? And that's the hottest team in the league right now. Uh, uh, second hottest. Zero. But, uh, second hottest. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Could could potentially get a wild card, could potentially win that division. Man. Yeah, dude, this, this division right now is – I mean, it's the same with the beer button wide. It's just like it's mayhem. Like every single team in there is is still in the race. And the zoo. So right now, you know, Carter's got the one game lead on me. He's got a uh, points four advantage, about eighty, about the same that you have over Holbert. So with four games left, anything can happen, dude. That that is not you know set in stone whatsoever. Now that we're starting to play more. Uh, games in our conference. I'm, I'm going to change the schedule up a little next year to have it be so you know you play all your conference, you know your first round of conference games, then you play all of your non-conference games in a row, and then you end with the conference games. And then like the last week of the season will always be against someone in your conference in the other division. Which I think that part is the same for this year. But I mean, this is just like this is going to be a playoff race for the ages, and we're going to have to go over you know some tiebreakers, which I'm pretty sure is points for then head to head which is something we can talk about changing if we want in the future. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll be sure to talk about that at the next owner's meeting. But uh, let's talk about the beer, bud, and wine uh, division for just a sec. Vice City Lake Effect in first place uh, and holding the tiebreaker there at 6-4 and four over the Collegeville Cashflow Kings, who are also 6-4 and four in this, uh, but the Vice City Lake Effect holding the tiebreaker. There and the Schenectady Shekels, the statutory Shekels in third place at five and five, and quickly losing relevance in the conference race. I, I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, listen, every single team is within two games here, but in that in that division over there, what Jacob has going for him is not only does he have the tiebreaker over Ari, he has it by like a hundred and two hundred thirty points, two hundred thirty points. And then, you know, over Jason, it's about the same because Ari Jason's total points are very, very similar. But I don't know, man. Like, I, I really can't get a good feel on this conference. Like, I, I proclaimed Carter the clear best team. They lost two in a row. And and then we said, oh, you know, Jason's done. Well, then he won four in a row. I thought I was hot shit at the beginning of the year, then I lost four in a row. Like, it, it's just going to be whoever's hot at the right time, it feels like. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. All right, well. We have arrived to the commission's hour here, so let's send you over to State College Studios to talk a little bit of history. Hello, everybody, and welcome in here for a very special segment of Cuzzo and the Commish. In the third season of Cuzzo and the Commish, but it is not the third season of the Strathaven Fantasy League. It is our 10th season together, and in honor of that, I will be doing a countdown of the top 10 games in Strathaven Fantasy League history, at least from my perspective. Other people could disagree, but that is a lovely thing about our chat is we are not afraid to voice our differences with each other. So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll avoid controversy, but you know, it wouldn't be the end of the world. And I just wanted to give you know a quick, quick thought here. Just, I, I'm not going to get sappier or, you know, anything like that on anybody. But, you know, this league being together for 10 years is really cool. And I think I kind of talked about that at the draft a little bit uh, when I was giving my spiel before we started. But, like, not many leagues can say that, man. 10 years is really cool. The fact that I feel like we're getting, you know, closer as a league and stronger as a league every single year is, is pretty cool. And, you know, I think that adding – Cuzzo and Holbert and starting this whole show I wouldn't say save the league because I think we would have kept doing it but I think it kind of just you know gave us a little bit of a second life which is definitely something that we have ran with so just very very glad to be a part even going back to before we were technically the Strathaven Fantasy League 
back when we did it the year before where some of the members were I paid money for players uh, in order to win with that being said you know I have I have you know made my sacrifices to the fantasy gods I have absolved from my sins uh, I believe my logic back then was that somebody else could have done it too if they wanted to uh, but, but nobody else did but hey listen I've learned my lesson and uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to compete for a Clancy Bowl but with that being said, we got a big countdown to get to here to start off our league history series. And we will start with the 10th best game in league history. All right, so for this one, I'm going to cheat a little bit. This is the only time I will do this. But I'm going to put both the Chris performance from this from this year in 2022 where he scored 228.33 points, smashed our league record, but I'm also going to put in when Justin Hellman scored 25 points in a game. That's right. For those who have not been around for this entire time, the first year that we ever had a league, it was eight teams. I don't believe we had any bonuses. PPR, we definitely didn't do back then. And Hellman somehow managed to only score 25 points in the game. And uh, I, I remember I sent it into some website that did like a worst team in America uh, for each week and, and he got on it which was pretty funny but man that was just a tough blow for Hellman's sake we won't talk about the rest of that season where he quit and dropped all of his players um, but I wanted to give both of those teams their respective shout out because I'm pretty sure in Chris's performance every single player on his team might have had more than 25 points so that is 2013 week three and then 2022 I believe that was week eight when he played Jacob all right, moving on to number nine on this, this list. Believe it or not, it is actually another matchup from this season. Now, I might get accused of some recency bias throughout this, but with that being said, I think that the league has gotten better over the past couple of years. So we have a lot of playoff games in here, but this one is a regular season game, and it was week four this year where Carter had 186.3 and Jacob had 175.2, which is the most combined points in a game in league history besides another game on this list that we will get to but the fact of the matter is that game was a thriller and i remember i was actually with carter the morning of that that like and the, the afternoon slate of that red zone because that was just the weekend i was home uh for my my aunt's funeral service and the phillies were playing so carter stayed over and i remember carter saying that he was really worried about Austin Eckler. Like, he called him a bust. Like, he said it was an awful pick. Eckler had a monster game, like 30, 40-something. And that game was just a back-and-forth crazy affair. It, it's tough to justify regular season games, I know. But the sad reality is we've had a lot of great moments in this league. But there has not been that many super close playoff games. We'll have some in here, but it's, it's true. So... That was, uh, that was number nine there. That was this week four matchup between two teams that could very well meet in the Kosher Chris Conference Championship game, which would make it a very, very juicy rematch. All right, our last true regular season game, and I say true as a foreshadow, our last true regular season game of the year is a number eight on the list. We got 2020 Week 10. Now, the, the matchup itself is in terms of significance really didn't end up meaning that much but drew was losing to hellman and the cardinals are losing to the bills and deandre hopkins caught a hail mary in like quadruple coverage the bills lost i don't know why i said it like that the, the cardinals won and drew won just because of that play alone and i just think that the fact that it won both games is crazy because of, you got a hail mary Something that rarely happens in the league to complete the win was awesome. So, last regular season matchup there, 2020 Week 10, Drew won over Hellman. We'll move on to number seven here. Now, this one, you know, I, I didn't know where to put this. It pained me to do this because it is the 2020 wild card round where I bought a cameo from John Boy for Jason because I felt very good about my team and I was trying to get in his head. And, man, his, his team responded. I think he put up... About 165. I had a good week too. I had like 145. My team was very good that year. And then 
Jason won that game. Went went on to upset Jacob in the the Kosher Chris Conference Championship game. We won't you know we won't mention anything else that that happened on that run for the sake of this list. But that is, uh, I mean, it was a great story. I think Jason was either under five hundred or seven and six. So great game. Have to have to tip my cap. I mean, we put on a show. It is what it is. All right, moving on to number six on this list here. We have the 2017 wild card round. Now, this matchup is the first round. At the time, we didn't have like the, the divisions in league like we do now. So Chris played Snyder in the first round. And it looked like Snyder was going to win because Snyder was up by... Th- I'm sorry, Chris was up by three. Chris was up by three. I think it was either a Sunday or Monday night football game. And Snyder had Rex Burkhead, who was on the Patriots at that time. And... All he needed was Burkhead to get three more points, and Belichick just like never gave him the ball again. I don't know if I don't think he was hurt. He they just started going to uh, whoever was the running back, either like Deion Lewis or James White, and they just kept giving him the ball, and the time just ticked down slowly and slowly. And all of a sudden, Snyder started to get worried because he probably assumed the game was over. It's like the first half he's you know three points away from the quote unquote starting running back. So Chris somehow managed to hold on to win that game and it was just hilarious mostly because it was Snyder but then uh Chris I, I beat Chris my only career playoff win in this league in nine seasons in the next round before losing to Ari all right we have cracked our top five here and for the second time myself the, the very same commish is uh is on the list here and when earlier when I said I was foreshadowing and I said the last true regular season game now, just last season, I played Jacob in what I refer to as a play-in game because technically it was it was the last week of the regular season, but it was a winner gets in, plays in the wild card game, and the loser's out. That I mean, it was that simple. So, it was a 193.82 to 178.97 win for Jacob. It is the highest scoring game in league history. So, while technically not a playoff game, I mean, to have that kind of an outing from both teams is remarkable. And I honestly, off the top of my head, like, I'm, I'm kind of blanking on last year. I know I had, uh, I somehow managed to get McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook by the end of it. And I think that, here, I'm, I'm working on pulling it up right here. Because now that we're deeper into it, I'll go a little bit more in depth. So for Jacob... I remember that in the first half of the 4 o'clock games, I was sitting pretty. I, I thought that I was going to be uh, moving on. And Jacob had big games from Tyler Lockett, George Kittle. I remember Tyler Lockett and George Kittle doing that. Uh, Josh Allen had a huge second-half comeback against the Bucks, So that did it for me. I had 35 from Dalvin. I, I think McCaffrey had gotten hurt again at that point. But Javante had 31. Tom Brady had 30. Cooper Cup. Man, I'm sure at this point in, in the episode I've talked about him by now, but 31 points. So just really a great game. And in that type of situation, to have that kind of performance, you know, I remember talking to Jacob after. I'm like, hey, like we just put on a show. You know, it is what it is. All right, we have cracked the top four here. We have the four remaining games here are Clancy Bowls. And I, I think that by the end people will be able to figure it out. We're at, but number four, we'll go Clancy Bowl two here. Now that is in the 2014 season, where Justin Snyder had won his first Clancy Bowl, and now Carter was trying to challenge him and dethrone him. So this game was very close going into Monday Night Football. It was at least a you know less than five point uh, differential between them, I believe. Carter had at the time Bengals running back Jeremy Hill, and Snyder had AJ Green. So the Bengals were playing, I want to say the Broncos on either Sunday or Monday night football. And on back-to-back plays, so AJ Green got hurt. And then on the next play, Jeremy Hill ran for an 85-yard touchdown. And I I don't know if AJ Green returned, but if he did, he didn't really do much. So like that string of two plays, like you figure all night it's going to be like a grind. Like who's going to have more? Like they're probably going to be pretty close. But man, that that turn of events, I I remember Carter saying he's like I'm ru- I was running up and down my hallway like when that happened. You know, 
not cheering the injury, but cheering the touchdown. But Carter wins his first Clancy Bowl there. Uh, I do not have the exact final score in front of me, but I guess he won it fairly comfortably in that regard. Moving on to number three here. We talked a little bit about Jason's early playoff run back in 2020 where he took down myself and Jacob. Well, we get to Clancy Bowl 8, and all of a sudden it's a snowy night at Lambeau Field, and A.J. Dillon is getting the football for the Green Bay Packers, and and that leads to the first championship for Cuzzo in his first league season. A remarkable story. Uh, the first, you know, of course, the first season of the show as well. Now, this one was a very low-scoring affair, all things considered. Jason did not even crack 100 after monster weeks back-to-back. Now, the Bureau, they had 26 from Deshaun Watson. You know, really interesting that Cuzzo is going to take the time to criticize, uh, you know, criticize Jason for having Deshaun Watson and, and get all, you know, snowflake on him. When he has not publicly said a statement about Deshaun Watson, who won him a Clancy Bowl, like you'd think he would, as an organization, want to forfeit that. But, you know, it is what it is. He had 23 from Adam Thielen there, 15 from Leonard Fournette. But the real story was Brandon Ayuk disappeared for Jason. Aaron Jones had 12, but on the bench, A.J. Dillon had 25.9, which is just a hilarious turn of events. He also apparently had A.J. Brown and uh, Lamar Jackson on that team, so... Tough loss for Jason. Um, uh, I don't. I don't want to say too much because you know there's another one with him coming up soon. But let's just say that his decision making was not what lost him that game. But for number two on that list, that's right. It is Clancy Bowl nine, where Jason decided. You know what? Jamar Chase, one of the best rookie receivers of all time. Nope, he's not going to play in the game against Kansas City, where. After asking multiple players in the league, I personally told him that I think Jamar Chase is going to have a big day. Because I'll admit, I was rooting for Jason because I wanted our conference to get a win. But now I realize, looking back on it, that the only thing better than that would be Jason losing in embarrassing fashion. Well, when Antonio Brown decided to retire during the game, instead of playing out the rest of the game, it really didn't uh, you know, give me much of a choice but to laugh. And I also remember in that game... When Jason was projected to win by like 20 or 30, uh, Cuzzo and I were at Carter's watching. The Eagles were playing the football team, I believe. And we decided to just like mess with the fantasy gods and and pull a reverse jinx and and just see if we can like change the course of this game by saying like, it's over, congrats, Jason, like whatever. Uh, And... You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much y'all believe in this stuff, but I mean, we kind of turned that game around because then all of a sudden Jamar Chase scores his third touchdown. AB's, you know, flipping the crowd off, and next thing you know, Drew has his second Clancy Bowl. But now we'll give it, we'll give it up for Drew here. That was a great game, and we will pull that up. And uh, I believe it came down to, I want to say Deontay Johnson maybe was in prime time, and. Uh, and Jason needed a miracle from him. But the final score of that game was 136.01 to 125.51. So let's talk a little bit about what happened in that game. Outside of that, we had a big game from Daryl Williams. Playoff Daryl, 25.7. Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god, 35 points out of the flex spot. Bit of a disappointing performance from Jalen Hurts with 12. 18 from Jonathan Taylor. But, uh... It was enough to get it done for Jason. Man, his running back disappeared. Four from Zeke, 3.7 from Ronald Jones. He had 30 from Devontae Adams, 20 from Mahomes. But Deontay Johnson, I think, was the end of it. But, uh, yeah, now people are just going to remember Jamar Chase. And also Damian Harris was 17 on the bench. Could have changed the story a little bit if he got the start. So when I said in the last one that wasn't because of a bad decision from Jason. This one was. I mean, I know Jamar Chase didn't have the best last couple weeks, but like you have to just bet on the potential there and not be a slave to the matchup. So is what it is for, for Jason. It was Drew's second straight title. And that brings us to the greatest game in the history of the Strathaven Fantasy League. Just based on pure emotion. That's right. It is Clancy Bowl 1, otherwise known in history as the Double Down game. So, to set the scene a little bit, 
It was the first season that we ever did. We are in the fall of 2013, which I believe was our freshman year of high school. Is That's how we got you know everything started. So the uh, inaugural league had me, Hellman, Jason, Carter, Chris, Owen, Ari, Snyder, and um, and I think that was it. That eight right there could be blanking. Oh, I don't know if I said Owen, but you know, eight people that are still currently in the league. And the playoff matchup, I believe, I'm working on loading it right now. I think Chris beat me in the first round. That is correct. And Snyder beat Jason 91 to 88. Actually, really close game. So what happens next is in week 15, that's the one-week championship, Snyder beats Chris 140 to 112. Unfortunately, ESPN does not let me still have the box score from that game uh, of what happened. So I don't remember specifically. But the fact of the matter was Snyder at 9-4 was the champ, and Chris at 7-6 and six was the runner-up. Now, I can access Chris's team. Oh, man, let's go. All right, we had Marshawn Lynch and DeMarco Murray. We had Brandon Marshall, Andre Johnson, Frank Gore, Jason Witten, Matt Drew Brees. This team was loaded, and I think that's the problem because Chris lost that game and was so confident that he was better that he challenged Snyder to double down and play again. Now, here is where everything got confusing because as the commissioner, they, you know, everybody else thinks the season's over, but I'm like, okay, well, you know, you guys both want to extend this. So what's going on? So Snyder tells me that Chris wants to play him in, you know, a two-week championship round where if Chris wins, he's the champ, you know, gets the money, gets the trophy, whatever. And if Snyder wins, you know, nothing really changes. I think maybe even Chris offered to pay him more or else Snyder, you know, like wouldn't really have an incentive. So I think Chris might have offered to pay him like out of pocket uh, to, to double down. So that game was a lot more in Chris's favor. But the problem was Snyder, when explaining it to me, told me that it was a two-week playoff matchup so at that point I was never told anything different from Chris and I think that's where everything went wrong because you know Chris is talking about how you know I screwed him over because now you know once the game ended because you know it was Sunday Night Football Eagles Cowboys DeMarco Murray fumbled which Chris predicted which is hilarious he called it on the exact play that he was going to fumble and he lost because of that fumble and Chris told me that I screwed him because, you know, it, it wasn't supposed to be a two-week matchup. He thought it was just an entirely new game. Like, they were just, you know, putting everything on the line, like starting 0-0 and, and going from there. So, the problem from my, like, from my perspective and the situation was, now that I knew the result of the game, it, it wasn't possible for me to give a fair ruling on it. Like, I was not told by anybody before the game that it was a separate matchup the only information i told i got told was from snyder saying it was two week should i have texted chris to clarify i probably should have yeah i think that's you know where i will admit blame uh that i could have you know prepared for for any lack of you know like clear communication i should have said you know chris like we're you know we're good it's a two-week matchup you know down 28 going into it he might not still have agreed to it so that just the fact that that game ended with Kyle Orton picking or getting picked off by, um, oh my God, I can't believe I'm forgetting this off the top of my head. Brandon, what the, what the hell is that guy? Brandon Boykin. Brandon Boykin picked off Kyle Orton to end that game when, you know, Murray could have got a couple points for Chris. So just the fact that, you know, that drama would not have happened if Chris didn't do the double down. And man, like we would need a like a walk off or a thrilling end to a a game to surpass that just based on the drama of it alone. Like that, that was peak. You know, we're in high school. You know, we just had nothing better to do than do fantasy. We put everything. I'm sure that team had like 50 trades. I'm gonna pull up Snyder's team just to you know cover all grounds here. He had Lashawn McCoy. He had. Ryan Matthews on the Chargers. I don't know who the hell Andre Brown of running back on the Texans is, but he started him apparently championship. AJ Green, Pierre Garcon, Delaney Walker. I mean, man, Chris's team, that might have been like a Hall of Famer at every single position. Uh, and I understand why he wanted to double down. But, you know, 
that's that's definitely my my f- I think favorite moment just because I'm sure I could go back somehow and find them. Chris sent me like a rant on Facebook message because his mom would take his phone away like before a certain time, so he was like ranting that I fucked up, and I'm just like, dude, like I, there's nothing I can do, like you didn't tell me before. But, you know, hey, listen, Chris got his title in Clancy Bowl, I want to say that was uh, seven. No, six. I think it was six. I think it was 2018. But, yeah, no, I think I think that's my rankings right there. And, and I'll, I'll accept feedback on, you know, Ari suggested. Ari's the only one I told that I was planning this just because we were in the middle of just a conversation. He was bored at work. I'm like, all right, here's what I'm working on right now. But uh, ten, you know, greatest teams. Or, like, you know, greatest trades, like, if I could figure out some of that. But I, I do like doing the interviews. It's just, you know, Owen and Snyder did not deserve it. And and we just didn't have as much time this week. And everybody else had already been on once. So we want to save those guys time for the playoffs. But with that being said, I believe it is time to get back on track. We still have some games to preview for an exciting Week 11. So let's get back to the studios. All right. Thank you, everybody, for... Joining me for this history lesson, this league, this, you know, to quote uh, Alan Gumble from the other guys, it's full of rich history. Uh, and I and I hope that that someday in the future uh, we'll be able to look back or like Clancy Ball 35, like, damn, we really did, you know, so much dumb shit like this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's really just kind of fun to learn the history about it. Uh, really exciting to be a part of it. Yeah, like I said. That in you know that little blurb uh, in the beginning, you know this league definitely caught some second life, and we completely ran with that momentum. And that momentum has led us to a game right here between two expansion teams, the State Penn Jailbirds and the Elias Sports Bureau. Arguably the the most important you know regular season game that you guys have had. I, I think you guys played in the playoffs. Um, did you play in the playoffs, or did you play Drew the year that you won? I think you played Drew, so I guess... I think I played Drew. Yeah. Okay, so my apologies on that. But either way, the Bureau at 8-2, and two, the Jailbirds at 7-3. and three. The winner of this game will have, you know, a great opportunity to separate themselves in the division here. Let's talk about some of the matchups here. Before I get into my thoughts, I want to hear about what you think about your squad, and I want to hear what you think about your opponent. Uh, I'm, I'm liking my squad. I'm, I'm having a tough decision uh, in a couple spots right here, both at running back and tight end, um, you know, with Clyde and uh, Damian Harris, as well as Komet and Eden Hurst. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Holbert's going to be a real tough opponent to beat, assuming that he sets his lineup. He hasn't yet. But Joe Mixon and Mark Andrews are just really tough to get around. Mike Williams as well. Uh, filling in there if he, if he so chooses. So we certainly have our work cut out for us. Yeah, I think uh, some of the uh, guys that got my eye on here, let's see, I will say for the Bureau, I mean, Patty Mahomes against the Chargers seems like a real juicy matchup. I think, let's see, the last time he played the Chargers, didn't have a huge statistical game, but I feel like any time in prime time with, uh, with him and Herbert will be entertaining. But one guy I want to see if he can take that step up is Antonio Gibson because, like, I feel like, I mean, his last four games had 16, 27, and 15. Like, he's not, you know, been incredible, but when you look around the rest of the league and what running backs can do, you're going to need him to step up with Fournette out for a little bit. Yeah, definitely do. Um, He had a decent game, albeit against the Eagles. But, yeah, looking forward to seeing what he can do for us. Going forward here, maybe I won't have to worry too much about Fournette, especially with that little nagging injury. We'll see. And as for the Jailbirds here, the one, I guess, aspect of this game or or one thing I'm curious about is is literally it's the lake effect. I mean, you have the snow in Buffalo. You have Josh Allen and Gabe Davis. I would say my prediction is I think you could see Josh Allen running the ball a lot because he has a UCL injury. It's not exactly a contact injury. I mean, I tore my UCL my freshman year, like – it's, you know, it, it hurts like hell, but it's not, you know, I I mean, I played in that turkey bowl with a brace on my elbow when I was uh, uh, in our freshman year of college. I guess you probably weren't in that game, but uh, I, I had a, a strip of Ari with one hand that I'll never let him live down. 
But either way, listen, Josh Allen running the football. Gabe Davis might suffer in the snow, but I still think Allen could uh, could do something with that. And you have Stephon Diggs, so same thing. Yeah, we'll see what happens here. I'm, I'm really interested to see how this one works. Uh, yeah, certainly, certainly will be interesting. Our next matchup of week 11. Big one here in the Kosher Kush Conference, the Bison City Lake Effect taking on the statutory Sarahs. Projecting right now, the Shekels uh, win 118.6 to 113.0. However, the Lake Effect has not set his lineup, so we do not see the full picture right now. A couple good matchups here. Justin Herbert, as we just talked about with Jimmy G in primetime, going for the Lake Effect. Uh, oh, sorry, he's going against Patty Mahomes. He's going against Jimmy G for Shackles. But, um, good matchup there. Player I'm going to be watching for the Lake Effect this week, Josh Jacobs. I want to see if he can uh, expand on a couple good matchups he's been having recently uh, against a not very good Denver team. And for the Shackles, uh, Devin Starr, Scary Singletary. He's a former Bureau member, and uh, I do wish him the best. So, Let's have a let's have a day. Yeah. All right, uh, this should be a good game here. I, I think that you know, I mean, I had the Lake Effect at number two in the power rankings for a reason. I think they're a great team, and I think that they're just a little bit deeper than the Shekels. And one guy I'm very interested to see. Uh, so, so you got Christian Kirk on by, you got Chris Godman on by for the Lake Effect. Kadarius Tony had a really good game last week. He was a former first round pick. He was in a shitty offense. And now he goes to Kansas City where Juju's a little banged up. He had 19 points. The interesting thing was he also had two rushes for 33 yards and four receptions. So I think starting him is a pretty good alternative. And you also have Travis Kelsey, too, in case it doesn't work out. Absolutely. Uh, Give me the lake effect. I'll take the lake effect, too. But uh, let's get a big game for uh, Devin Scary Singletary. Absolutely. In the snow. All right, we'll move on to our next game here. It is one of the few interleague games here. Collegeville Cashflow King sitting in that final wild card spot, as we mentioned. Uh, actually, I, I don't even know if Terry Arstanding actually did know what the playoff matchup would be. But, oh, uh, we'll get to it. <laughs> well, we already, at this point in the show, we will have already gotten to it. Uh, no, I think I'll just, I'm pretty sure at this point, uh, Jacob would get by week and Carter would well, play. Breaking news, breaking news. Yeah. What's the breaking news? The NFL moves Sunday's Browns-Bills game to Detroit, Michigan. In the dome. That's heavy snow at Buffalo. Damn, that's, dude, that's, that sucks. That I guess is they're worried, brutal. All right, they're worried people can't actually, like, play. Or, I'm sorry, people can't get to the game. Well, they'll make it to the game. But, like, you, I mean, at some point you can't. <laughs> There's six feet of snow. You just can't. Don't, don't make it to the game. Well, they're making it to Detroit now. Thanks for the breaking news. No, they won't. I mean, they are. Oh, not the fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, where are we? All right. We're talking about we got Cash Flow Kings and Blue Tigers here. Blue Tigers season hang on by Fred. So, what I was saying was the Cash Flow Kings, I believe, are in a playoff spot along with uh, the Lake Effect and the Zoo. And I believe it would be the uh, the inner Miami matchup in the first round. But this week, now we know before we get into this preview, Nick Chubb will be uh, playing in Detroit. He will not be playing in Buffalo, but I still expect him to have a good game. This episode will be out after the Thursday night game, but Derrick Henry, uh, Thursday night against the Packers, will definitely set the tone for this matchup. What are you thinking here? Yeah, I like the cash flow king. I like him big. Um, but who knows? Maybe the Blue Tigers uh put together a win here. Stay, you know, stay in in relevance, or maybe they get a little lost from the from the end falls against the Rocks this weekend, and maybe we're talking about them again next week. Who knows, Kamish? Oh, who knows? I don't know. That's a tall task. That's right. But yeah, uh, all right. For the Kings, I like them big. I like Derek Henry to have a big one uh, on the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Uh, for the cash flow kings, for the tigers, if they're going to make something of it, it's got to be Booby, uh, the Miles Booby Sanders in Indianapolis this weekend. He's got to have. It. 
Uh, I'm going to say that Keenan Allen plays this week, and he has an immediate return. Because that's one of Owen's high-round picks right there. Uh, but still, I mean, give me the Cashflow Kings. Uh, I think they're um, – I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think they'll win by 20 or 30. All right. A lot of intrigue in our next matchup of Week 11. It's Kamish, the Wallingford Imperialists, taking on the Dover Demonators and Justin Hellman. Uh, red-hot Demonators, by the way. Uh, currently projecting the win, albeit by a slight margin. Uh, the player to watch for for me for the Demonators. Uh, I mean, let, let's let's stick with those Dallas Cowboys as much as I hate to say it. Uh, I'm going to go with Tony Pollard again. With, if Zeke's still out, I, I like for him with a big game uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, for the Kamesh, Justin Fields, he's going to keep it going. As far as a prediction, yeah, man. I got the Demonators. The season sweep. You can ask a question or? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just stared at me like, what, what do you want me to, what do you want me to talk about? <laughs> Kimish, how are you feeling about this? <laughs> uh, interested. Uh, interested because I got a lot of different faces in there this week. Uh, I think I talked a little bit about it earlier on the show, but I just I feel like now that Cooper Cup is out and Hollywood's not back yet, starting Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, you know, just saying, oh, one of them, you know, will have a big game, or if Jones gets hurt or something, then Dillon will get the points. Like I need to maximize the points out of every single spot on my team. So Aaron Jones is getting the start. AJ Dillon, who's not scored double digit points this week, one's getting the bench. I'm interested about with uh, with Jalen Warren, the backup running back from Steelers, because, man, like when I watch him, I, I feel like sometimes he just plays better than Najee Harris. He's starting to get receptions more. You know, he's had double digits back to back. So we're going to give him a shot. I'm looking for that. And I'm also looking to see what I can get from Christian Watson because he had a huge game last week. Uh, I picked him up. He He's getting the start because we're very thin on wide receiver and Kenneth Walker is, is out, too. So I don't know. I, I, I feel. Like, I'm, I'm patching together a decent lineup that can stay competitive in this game. I agree with you. you definitely might be competitive. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I just like the matchup for the Demonators, and, and I like the hot team right now. So, um, which I'm going to go with. But certainly will be a close one and, and definitely a crucial one for you, Absolutely right. I don't think a loss would necessarily bury me for the season, but I, I think you know I, I need to stay pace at, at the very least with Carter because the wild card is tough when that whole division is competitive too. But you know every team gets at least one division winner. So I play. I'm not, I'm not trying to look ahead here. I do play Carter next week, but when I say that is even a loss here, I, I can still compete in this division. So not a must win. I wouldn't even necessarily say it should win. But it's a gotta have it game, you know. Yeah, definitely gotta have it one. I totally agree with you there. All right. Well, speaking of Carter, we've been talking a little bit about the zoo here uh, in that division race. He will be taking on the struggling IRS on a six-game losing streak. Um, two teams that have very different futures ahead of them for this season. Let's talk a little bit about it. As of right now, Marcus Mariota is getting the start again at quarterback for the zoo. We've got Austin Eckler Sunday Night Football, along with Josh Palmer uh, with the Chargers and the Chiefs. Devo Samuel, Monday Night Football. Um, he's getting Ramondre Stevenson back this week as well. I like the I like the zoo to bounce back, take care of business. Yeah, I like the zoo as well. Uh, it, it sucks that, you know, the the IRS might stay on this schneid for the rest of the year, but that's, sometimes that's just the way the news goes. Player to watch for. I like Marcus Mariota to have a good game for him. Letting down by he's been let down by Derek Carr the past couple weeks. I guess just the past week. I mean, one of the quarterback problems going to stop. But I like Marcus Mariota. I like the matchup against Chicago. That's just not a good team. Uh, as far as for the IRS, if they're going to stop this bleed, uh, they have to find a kicker first, and after that, yeah, it's tough to say. Amon Ross St. Browns get some more of that early season magic back. Uh, Flowing throughout the IRS locker room, but I still do have uh, Zoy Brace here. Yeah, 
Should be a Zoidberg win. I think for Drew, I want to see Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow is fantasy-wise been a top-five quarterback for a little bit now, and he did not do well against the Steelers the first time around this year. I think he had, I honestly want to say four interceptions, five maybe, a lot of turnovers uh, in that game, and the Bengals still almost won, and I feel like Joe Burrow is that kind of guy that, you know, will, will really look for much. He had four interceptions and one fumble and uh, still had 18 points, so Look for Joe Burrow to get some revenge. As for the Zoidberg Zoo, let's let's get a little Mondre in here. Not uh, Mander like Justin Snyder wants us to know that he has friends. Uh, let's get a little Ramondre Stevenson back from the bye week. Listen, he had four straight games of 20-plus points. He's an RB1. I don't care who his coaches. Yeah, I agree with you. Definitely an RB1 really took that job over from Damian Harris uh, at the beginning of the season, and and he's really ran with it. So uh, go to him for holding on to that, and uh, definitely an RB1. You're right about that one. So uh, we're rolling into our last matchup of Week 11. North Philly Neanderthals, Chris Dirienzi taking on the Swarthmore Rocks, a love letters division matchup. Neanderthals perspective. Uh, projecting the win right now. Projecting the win right now. Um, let's take a look at it. Players to watch for me. Mm. DeAndre Hopkins, I, I have a feeling he's going to have against, uh, against the 49ers this week uh, for the Neanderthals and for the Rocks if he's going to pull one out here, which I don't think he will. Going to have to be Saquon Barkley and and Jalen Hurts, some combination of those two guys, and and something more than eight points from everybody else. You know, I just realized. I think we talked in the standings about it. Technically, technically if Snyder wins out and Chris loses out, Snyder would be six and eight, and Chris would be five and nine. Uh, season's not over yet, but I think <laughs> I gave it finish that with a straight face. Uh, suck it, Snyder. Your team's done. There's no way. How absurd! How absurd would that be? All right, here I'm gonna I'm gonna see if Snyder's listening to Snyder. If you're listening to this and uh, send me an emoji of a mushroom, I will Venmo you five dollars. <laughs> Nobody else tell him about it. Um, anyway, yeah, no, I mean I think you know the projections actually have this being a closer game than I think anybody would give credit for. But the key for Snyder, man, he needs somebody else outside of Barkley and Hurts to step up. I will say, um. Baltimore secondary is kind of ass, so I'll go DJ Moore. He's been a little bit better lately. I don't know. For Chris, he needs to have Deontay Foreman just – I don't know. He, I feel like he's very inconsistent. I mean, he, he will give you, you know, 1, 16, 31, 4, 19. Like, if he's that true RB2, then Chris's team really doesn't have many holes. He is missing Tyreek Hill this week, but I'll still take the Neanderthals to uh, officially end the Rock season. That'd be nice. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, being said, that is all the time that we have for you fine ladies and gentlemen this week. Uh, for myself, Ryan Cuzzo, Ryan Cuzzo Elias, for Brendan the Commission for Charity. This has been Cuzzo and the Commission presented by the Delco Media Group. We'll see you next week, everybody. In person. In person. <laughs>